0: Whenever you come in touch with our brand in any way, with a sticker, with our box of cookies, it means that you are an ally and I can be safe around you. I can be myself around you because you're not gonna judge me. You're gonna accept me for what I am, for what I believe in.
1: Welcome to the Social Complex Podcast, where we are diving into the complex impact and influence of social media on brands, brains, and the bigger picture of our modern world. Here's your host, Hillary Applegate. Welcome to this week's episode of the Social Complex podcast. We have an amazing interview today that will leave you inspired to say the least. Today, you'll meet Hans and Luis, the founders and creators of Wunderkeeks, an Austin-based e-commerce cookie company with a powerful brand message. Hans and Luis open up about their journey from Guatemala to the United States, the realities of being gay men in today's world, the transformation of their company over the last decade, and how they found their brand ethos and brought their creative branding, quote, out of the closet. We get into the importance of being authentic in your business, why the fight for queer representation in business and culture remains imperative, and how digital and social media transformed their company in 2020, including a well-timed retweet from actress Busy Phillips that shot their business into e-commerce. They have been featured on the Today Show, Business Insider, Inc. Magazine, and even in the bags at this year's Oscars. But I'll let them tell you all about it. Let's get into it. Before we really dive into that, Tell me about this Oscar situation. It
0: was one of those situations that when someone knows someone (laughs) and you just ask for a connection and somehow we have a really good relationship with the media in Austin. And one girl from Do If I Want To, it's like a digital media outlet in Instagram mainly, She's really good friends with us, and we've done a couple of giveaways with them. And she was like, hey, can I just stop by the kitchen and see how the magic happens? And we were like, yeah, sure. And I gave her the tour, and we sat down to talk for, like, two hours. And I was asking her, like, because we want to be more perceived as a local brand from Austin. So she was like, yeah, let me make you some connections. Let me think. And we were talking about it. And that same night, she just texted me. And she's like, hey, guess what? I just remembered that one of my best friends from high school, he is in charge of the bags of the Oscars. So I sent him your website. And he loved it. Stop. So just please send him an email. And I was like, OK. I sent him an email. And he was like, we already have cookies. And we we're, like the cookie category is already given. But I was like, okay, but can I send you a box just so you know the brand for future occasions? And he was like, yeah, sure. Three days after, he calls me and he's like, what is this? Ah. This is the best unboxing experience I've ever had in my life. And I open products all year round. We need to add this. It would be a shame if we don't add it. But what can we do? Because I already have the cookies. And I'm like, oh, we have brownies. And he's like, yes, let's go with the brownies. People need to see this.
1: (laughs) I die. That is amazing.
0: Yeah. But you know what was really cool is that actually, well, of course, like the branding and everything got us there, but also our story, because he read about our story and he was looking for products that have more like a meaning or that are standing for something yeah he had some really nice stuff there but he wanted something with a meaning i love so, that so so yeah so he was that's that was i would say like the factor that says like okay we need to tell your story because they need to hear it so let's just add it there
1: so let's tell your story right now tell me the story of luis and hans and wonder Geeks.
2: ay 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 <laughs> <laughs> where can we start we started a company in my mom's kitchen 10 years ago. It was just like, I'm going to bake cookies because it was uh, Christmas season. And uh, it had been a while. since I grew up baking with my mom and my siblings for Christmas. And it had been a while because we all, I'm the eldest of four. And everyone had gotten jobs or went to college, like different things. So we, had, we weren't really baking as a family anymore. And I had a ton of free time that Christmas. So I figured, OK, well. Make a ton of cookies. I'm going to be Martha Stewart and do a ton of cookies. I was planning on 24 types of cookies, one for each day of the advent, but I ended up doing 18, I think. And those were my gifts that year, because I had a thousand cookies and I couldn't eat them. So that's how Nercut got started. We didn't have a name. It wasn't really a purposeful, we're going to make a business out of it.
0: Sorry that I'm interrupting you. But it started because you started giving away the cookies and everybody, they were like going nuts with oh, the cookies. Yeah. Family and friends, and they were all saying the same thing. It's like, you should start a business. Yeah. So that's so how it, it took a, yeah.
2: a. It took a little while to make it into a business and for it to have a name and everything. And then it started really picking up in Guatemala. And it was still my mom's kitchen. And then I built a little kitchen in the little house next door to my mom's. So it was like a, myself doing the stuff. And I used to get up and bake at 5 AM. And then I go to CrossFit at 7. And then it, it grew, but it got very tough. And then I met Luis, like, six years ago? You meet? Seven? Yes. Seven, six? S- seven. Seven. I don't know. A lot <laughs> it feels like forever. <laughs> so and I was about to give up, because it was a lot. It was, it had grown a lot. I had, like, employees, and I had, like, a ton of things to do. And you it had was five, five uh, big shops. Yeah. It was Co- coffee shops. Yeah, he was all to handle and I was undercapitalized. So it was not ideal situation. And I was about to give up. And Luis came in and f- at first he was kind of informally helping me. Like, I, I can help you out. Like, what can I do for you? And I can do the HR thing and everything. And then with time he like fully joined the company, it was like definitely we we straightened the boat and we we're like, OK, now how do we make it work?
0: The thing is that we both, our background for both of us is in marketing. We both used to work for multinational companies. We both used to be doing trade marketing for Latin America. So for Hans was in Procter and Gamble. I was in Byersource. Uh So we did have like all the experience with retail and marketing and sales. So when I saw the potential and he was ready to give up, I was like, no, we need to do something about it. Like. Um, I'm a people person. He's more like into numbers. He loves baking and at that time, I didn't like baking. I prefer to cook. I didn't like to bake uh, because everything is too exact. So I, I'm like more adventurous and I, that's why I love cooking. And I was like, okay, you take care from the kitchen back and I will take care from the kitchen front. And I was doing all the sales, I was hiring people. And he was just making whatever I needed to get there in the in the bakery to just start selling. So that's how we, we made it very profitable in Guatemala. Yeah. Yeah. We were like at the Costco from Guatemala. We had the cookie dough there. Um, we were selling at like the Starbucks from Guatemala. They had our brownies. So so we were doing really well.
2: Yeah. And we kind of changed the dynamic so it wasn't a stressful lighter. So mm-hmm. it was manageable. And that helped like. I I am I tend to stress out, so <laughs> so it really helped me with that. And then when we got engaged, you yeah, were engaged that we met in Tinder, by the way. Oh yeah, Back shout in- out to
1: Tinder. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, sponsored by Tinder.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know we should do a collaboration if you're yeah. out there. <laughs> no, but it, it was funny because in Guatemala it's a very small city and everybody knows everybody. And I remember that when I saw him. Uh, Like, I knew that he existed. Like, we knew about each other, but we never talked. Mm -hmm. So we started talking. I started talking. He took, like, three days answering every message.
1: (laughs) Isn't that how it goes?
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but then it turns. The table turns. (laughs) That's the fun part. Then I was like, oh, really? (laughs) This is how is it going to be? So, yeah. But at the end, it worked out. And we got engaged in December 2017. And then we decided to take some time off because we haven't taken any vacation for six years. And we decided to drive from San Diego all the way to San Francisco through the coast. It was like an amazing drive. And we started seeing in every town a lot of gay couples with kids. And that's something that for us, we only saw it in the movies or the TV. It it was very eye-opening to see it in person. And... It was funny because we were the one that were staring at them mm-hmm. <laughs> and no one else was noticing. So we got like to thinking that it would have been cool to have that opportunity since you were a little kid. And because for both of us, we grew and we never like I, I'm going I'm going to speak for me. I never thought about my wedding or, or getting married or being a dad or anything they actually
2: mourned that, like, yeah. all that life. I think a lot of gay men do that. Like, they mourn the life that they well, were expecting to have. And it's a very traumatic thing to go through. And then you move on. Yeah. So we we got into,
0: well, Hans loves doing research. And we went back to Guatemala. We started looking for options. And it turned out that we, we had the chance to apply for an entrepreneur visa, I need to. And Hans did all the research, he read everything that was like every document
2: that is out there. Like important tip, like every single document that the State Department uses for instance is public record, so you have access to it like the manuals and the interview manuals and the question that they ask you and all of those information, like all the procedures are public record. So if you're researching something about the government, everything <laughs> is out there. <laughs> you just have to know where to find it. Exactly. It's not that hard because it's in the web, <laughs> in the government website. Well, you need to have a lot you of You need to time. know what you're looking for because you have to read through a lot of things. It's so much. Yeah. But it, it,
0: it, and that it's, I would say that that's always what happens with, with the two of us. And that's why we work together so well because he loves doing the research, he loves to read everything that is out there, and I love talking to people and making them fall in love with us. <laughs> so it turned out that we had a, a like a 400-pages document of our case, presented it to the U.S. Embassy in Guatemala, and because we used to do the Christmas markets from the embassy, <laughs> it's like imagine if you go walk into a bank and you just go to a counter it's exactly the same and you're talking with someone and it turned out that I knew the person that was doing the interview yes. and I saw her and I'm like I, I met her through the markets this is the person in charge of telling you what are you like actually approving your visa yeah so in- I saw her and I was like Hey, how are you? How is your I mom? And I had just turned around and he was like, of course, you know her. <laughs> and, and she was like, oh, my God, you're so nice. You're asking about my mom. And I just said, I'm going to use every weapon in my hands <laughs> possible so you can say yes. And she just <laughs> laughed and she's like, you already have a yes. So I just need to ask some questions because it's Protocol. But you're going to love it there. You're going to make it uh, like an amazing job. And it was so funny. That, that it was story. very welcoming. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, my god. So it, it, what, what is very, like, I'm very proud about this whole situation because we took the vacation in April. We applied to the visa in July. And we ha- were approved in August.
2: And we moved in January. So wow. it didn't even take a year. Which, thank God, because otherwise we would have come in 2020 and the pandemic would have been a very different yeah, story. Yeah, we It'd came. Be, in can time. you imagine like coming two months before the pandemic? That would be a way different story. Yeah.
1: Isn't that crazy how everything works out? Yeah, and we, we right consider,
2: it. We consider like, okay, is this is too fast. Maybe let's give it a year and something. I said, so like, no, no, let's go. Yes. <laughs>
0: and oh, so, yeah, we basically, we grafted our four dogs and our two bags each, and we sold everything that we had in Guatemala, and we sold the bakery. We sold it to his family, to Hans' family, so it stayed in the family, but we sold it, and we came here, and started living the American dream.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, what an incredible story. It sounds like everything worked out the way it was supposed to. From you falling in love with baking and loving it and building it and not feeling like it was fully connecting. Correct. To meeting Luis, to really bringing a new life into it, to coming to California to take yes. a break and then.
0: Yeah, everything just started falling together. It's It, it was amazing. And something that it was very important is that we both have very different qualities and we do trust each other and we, we know that even if we don't agree on the decision that we're, like we have it very clear that from this side to the right, it's his last call. From this side to the, to the left is my last call. Even if we don't agree, each, each one has their own areas and we trust each other. And that th- that's something that is very important. That's something that got us through a lot of the business and the success of the business that it has had because we have that very clear. And the other thing is that when we moved here, we thought about every move that we made. We started doing the farmers markets here in Austin because we wanted to understand the market first because we were coming to a new city, a new country, and we needed to understand what was the needs here, and they're very different than in Guatemala. How so? For example, here we for the first three weeks we started the farmers market, and we were we had brownies, we had cookies, we had banana bread, we had pies, we had the cookies, we had the cookie dough, and people were very confused in the beginning because it was like a new brand or a new company here they didn't process it like okay they're new but they do everything
2: Mm -hmm. yeah so i think i think americans are kind of used to having like a specialized vendor that does this thing very well and this other thing very well and there's different people for different needs whereas in guatemala what we were used to was that you needed to be everything for everyone, because it was a tiny market, there was not much in the way of competition, Correct. so you needed to be everything for everyone. Yeah,
0: so here we learned, the first lesson that we had was, okay, do one thing and do it very well. Yeah. So we understood it very fast and took some steps back and we were like, okay, let's do cookies and cookie dough. That's easy, an easy transition that people will understand Okay, if they're, they're making cookie, and cookie dough, the cookie dough is, yeah, okay. I do the math, and it matches. So that's what we did. <laughs> and I would never forget that the first day that we did the farmer's market, after the fifth person asking for a sneaker doodle, I turn around, and I was like, Hans, what is a sneaker doodle? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely no idea. And, and I, in my head, I was like, it's going to be this super complicated cookie, sneakers. Uh, the chocolate so it's gonna be like chocolate peanuts caramel like something very sophisticated but people want it so let's just start doing it and like after two seconds Hans is like I just googled it and basically it's a, a sugar cookie with cinnamon <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was like
0: okay that, yeah, that's then, an easy one and I hear happening
2: about understanding yeah. like a ton of things that are culturally different like the way your employees relate to your brand and the way your customers relate to your brand is very different. Like People here tend to really enjoy finding a brand that they can be loyal to. Like that was something that didn't necessarily happen in what I'm allowed because, again, you needed to really cast a wide net, and we're used to casting a wide net, whereas now we get to be very targeted and talk to this particular subsegment of people and they get excited. so And they want and they expect that. So that took a while for us to figure out.
1: So does that mean that the brand that we see now with Wunderkeeks really evolved mostly in 2019,
2: 2020? Oh, yes.
1: yes. How did that evolve? I, that's West? something
0: very... It, never, we um, didn't even notice it, that it was evolving that yeah. way. Because we always felt in Guatemala that Wonder Cakes was missing something we didn't know what was
2: it but we were not entirely happy with the brand just to clarify it, it was always pink it was always colorful it was always bubbly and it was kind of at odds with like two grown men <laughs> doing a brand but it wasn't as colorful or as bubbly and as fun it was kind of a we keep saying that it kind of came out of the closet here. So it evolved here a lot. And one of the
0: reasons why, it's because you we f- we felt like we were in a safe space, that mm-hmm. we, we were free and we could express ourselves mm-hmm. through our brand. And- Not have to but, worry. Uh, yeah, everything started popping up just by itself. It, like we started having like the dinosaur with a tutu and- The disco ball. Uh, the disco ball, yeah, and then we, Actually, someone said it, like, your brand is very queer. Like, it has a lot of queer elements, and we didn't even realize it. Like, and when uh, we saw it, we were like, it oh. Is queer. That's, <laughs> yeah. what,
2: that, that's what it was missing, and this yeah. is why it, this is so shiny and happy now. Yeah. But, but what people don't realize, if they haven't been in, like, in our shoes as gay men in a conservative country, is that you spend a lot of time and energy watching your back and being mindful of, I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to, I don't, like, it's fine if it's pink, but let's not make it too pink, that type of thing. And you spend a lot of time and energy on that. And once we came here and we weren't doing that anymore, and think it was, like, very little time to feel comfortable in Austin. And once we did that and we stopped caring about, like, oh, they're going to say that we're gay, they're going to come terrorize our store or whatever because that was not going to happen here in Austin, then everything started to flourish and everything started, like, In a way, we keep talking about an onion that you peel, Mm -hmm. because it's not like we built upon what we had. Is that it kind of started like showing itself for what it always was? I think that's a better way of putting it. It's true to its origins, but it really has grown a lot. And for
0: us, it was very important to present the brand like us, Luis and Hans, a part of the brand, but we didn't know how. Like we didn't like in the beginning. I remember that we didn't know even if how to post a photo of us like should we show that we are husbands should we because we ended up getting married here in 2018 right. before we moved and that was something that we were very mindful and we had it in our heads and once we we realized that the brand was evolving like that we started feeling very comfortable mm-hmm about talking that we had a relationship that we were like together and a couple doing a business
2: and Which we was always there. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, I, I, it was always there. but I don't think we knew why like we had the inkling that we wanted to talk about us and that we were meant to be a part of the brand. but the why that was important wasn't clear.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah,
2: it was be, it was becoming very obvious that we needed to do it. But it was not clear why, and it took us a long time until very recently to say, "Oh, this is it. This is why, and this is how." And now we're now we're very clear on that. Gayer or, than ever. You're gayer than ever. Yeah, <laughs> I love <it>. uh. gay-er.
1: <laughs> And the brand is better for it. You see Wrong. it. I mean, I I think that's a really beautiful testament to how that evolution has happened. Not just for the company but also for you and yeah. the expression one way and both is amazing to see that transformation.
0: Yeah, and people they they read it. Yeah. Like they, they like know a when a brand it's is genuine and they they, they don't only yeah. talk the talk. they actually walk we the just walk. had a
2: conversation this week about that. That um, someone says like we I, I don't like the word brand. Because a brand can be something very superficial, and it is. It's a, it's a superficial, the like the physical manifestation. He was saying we need to talk about company because the company is how you build the thing, how do you build the brand, how do you build the product. So everything about the company, if it's genuine, it's like the essence of the, the brand. Is the essence of is the essence of the brand. So you don't get and brands fail because of this one. It's very easy to tell with time. If at, at first it's very easy to get like oh the the shiny thing. And over time, a brand doesn't survive if there is no clarity of its purpose and mm-hmm. there is no, no true essence. If, the, if you're trying to pass off something as something that it is not, people can tell. And they will take a while to tell, but they always will. But the important thing is that
0: also what, you, what your mission is and what you're standing for, it has to make sure. sense to you. It doesn't have to be because it's the cool thing right now that we should be talking about. Exactly. Uh, it has to, 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 to represent who you are. And you actually need to be passionate about it. Yeah. And well,
1: I love that. I think that that's where the connection comes yeah. back to.
0: What it feels real. Why, it's
1: why you're doing this in the first place. Mm-hmm. And it's not just because I like baking or exactly. I like cookies. Yeah. It's like this is something that has been at the core of my soul for so long mm-hmm. and i have a gift to share with the world simultaneously the brand and what people see isn't just a cookie company isn't just you two mm-hmm. but they get to have this incredible fun experience when i look at your brand i think joy Correct. and party yeah.
2: <laughs> you know what yeah. what we keep comparing it to because a part of um, a part of the ethos was this really started making cookies the way my mom taught me to and a part of the ethos was always hey we want to to recreate the experience of when your grandma was making cookies for you. That is the whole point. And again, this is something that was very clear from the very beginning. This was it, but it was not really clear. How does this connect to the larger purpose of the brand?
1: What is the purpose? What are you serving?
0: It's actually very important for us to deliver a message and to create safe spaces. We want to be a signifier of a safe space. And what that means is that whenever you come in touch with our brand in any way, with a sticker, with our box of cookies, it means that you are an ally and I can be safe around you. I can be myself around you because you're not going to judge me. You're going to accept me for what I am, for what I believe in. And all this came together because we started thinking about what's out there and what does the world need, especially right now. And not only for the queer community, but for everybody in general, Safe Spaces, it's one of the things that it's very needed right now. I came out when I was 30 years old. And I was thinking about when I went to school. It's the scariest place on earth. Kids are mean. You don't know exactly who you are. And you're trying to explore yourself. The only thing that I knew is that I was different, that I was not normal, quote, unquote. But if I had the chance to see a kid pulling a Wunderkiss cookie out of his lunchbox... And just knowing for that cookie that I was going to be safe around that kid, that would have changed my life so much. And that's what we want to achieve with our brand. I know it's like a huge mission, but we believe in it and we really think that we can change the world with our brand. And that's why we are looking for allies. And we always say that we are a brand Not to the queer community, because the queer community, we already know that we need that. We need to to explain. So we're a brand not to the queer community, but we are from the queer community looking for allies.
1: I love that. Yeah. And that totally makes sense from a purpose standpoint. And especially from where you guys came from, being in a country where you did even later in life, midlife, you're like feeling maybe not as welcome to be as open as you would be when you versus when you come to the u.s and you're like wow this is a completely different experience
2: but you know what happened about that 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 was the next step on the journey that we we've been here for three years and change and it was very freeing and it was all of the things that we couldn't do like something as simple as getting to hold hands or to wear your wedding ring openly uh that's something that was very new to us and we you get very comfortable very fast, particularly because we came to Austin. We're not in the middle of nowhere. We're in a very liberal city. And what happens is that you get used to the privilege very fast, and you kind of forget. So it's not super clear. Okay, so I'm done with this. This is not my problem anymore. I don't think we state it like that, but you forget how important it is. Because for us here in Austin, for instance, seeing a gay a gay couple, a lesbian couple, something from every day, not a big deal, no one cares, and you're very free to be whoever you are. And that's right, but 50 miles from here, that is not the case. And the thing is that the need for those safe spaces that we felt back home, it still exists. Mm -hmm. And it exists in a lot of places. Like, well, look at the mess that is happening with the Supreme Court. But the need for those safe spaces is still there, and it's very important. We run the danger that... Like the elites in the big cities, the media, kind of forget that, that there's a conversation that needs to be had. Because the whole thing is we want our consumer to remember that need. Because probably our consumer is someone, like most of our shippings go to Austin, Houston, Dallas, L.A., Miami, New York. Great. And those people live in a place that is very liberal and very accepting of queer people. And by the same token, they're probably very accepting of other races or religions, all of those things. And those are the people that need to be reminded that they are very lucky and very privileged. And that is a privilege that we needed to acknowledge. (laughs) One of the major achievements that
0: we've had in the past couple of weeks, we got the chance to get a meeting with Jeff Furman, the founder of Ben & Jerry's, and one of the founders of Ben & Jerry's. And they're a very mission-driven brand. We spoke with him. We told him our uh, like our story. We told him what we were standing for, our mission, our purpose. And four days after, he was so excited that he sent us an email asking us if he could be an advisor for us because he saw himself on us when they started. And he hasn't seen a company doing what we're doing or making that change as strongly as we are. And we were super excited to have him on board, and it means a lot. But something very interesting that he told us, it was like, okay, guys, the only thing that you need to be aware is that, ironically, your message and your purpose is to create safe spaces for everybody. But to create a safe space for everybody, you are going to be put in an unsafe space. People are going to come for you. And we were like, whoa. That has been our story. <laughs> we are from from a development uh, development country, and that's our story. that's that's what we have been dealing with our whole lives. and we and he was like, okay, if you are willing to do it because the challenge is there, but I'm sure that if you're aware of it and you're going to take it, you're going to be good. And that's a challenge that we are—we know that we're taking, but we're ready and just bring it on because we are here to support everybody and to make a, an actual change.
2: And actually, he's helped a lot. Obviously, this man has a ton of experience with this, a lot of wisdom. And I'll, he's really helped us, like, craft what we're trying to do and understand because the biggest problem with this type of things is like we keep talking about ourselves because it's what we know Like we keep talking about our story and that's great but sometimes the imposter syndrome kind of comes in and it's like but who cares about my story and what he came to out with was that's the point it's not about your story it's not only about your story you need to find not only you're talking about these people who you want to serve the people you want to bring the safe spaces to but well, you're talking about them, and you're talking about you. But probably what you need to do also is to start talking to them and understanding them better. So it's been great to really develop like all the layers of this, because I think a lot of people have very good intentions. And they it's very hard, because it's something so personal. It's very hard to see it from with a little bit of perspe- perspective and really understanding like in the context of what's happening in the world and everything okay, so I want to talk about uh, safe spaces. I want to create this. But I see myself, and I have a very myopic vision of it. So it's been really helpful to have someone so experienced to come and say, yeah, this is what is looking from the outside, and this is the things that you need to consider. And what it has resulted is, like, a lot of depth. And one of the things, as we were saying earlier, that was let's not talk about the brand. Let's talk about the company and how the company leaves and breeds all of this. And once you get there, it really makes sense. And personally, and this is only me, I don't think Luis felt that way, but I think this is me. I've always kind of seen people who are doing these um, brand slash mission things as slightly phony, and some are, some are. But I think that's because I never understood like how you can really deeply care about these things and you can really meaningfully do everything through this light. Cause so now that we do everything and that we see it like that and with such clarity, it's like oh so we're not making only cookies because at some point you say oh it's cookies like who cares and mm-hmm. cookies is
0: the vehicle I would cookies say cookies
2: are the vehicle
0: exactly yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah
2: but it's very easy to get like I I am in charge of doing our email marketing and it's like uh, it was at some point what do I have to say about cookies I don't really I'm fresh out of ideas about cookies. And now we understand no, it's not about cookies, it's a lot about a bigger purpose. Then it's like, oh, there's so much to talk. What I need is more emails, more time for emails. Oh my god. You need more emails. I need more emails.
0: (laughs) No, and and it was very eye-opener when he said that yeah, you're gonna tell your story and that's what's gonna start opening the conversation. But you need to be aware and you need to tell it because that's that's what if if you yeah, and if you open yourself to to the people they are going to feel free to open themselves to you but you need to know that you need to listen to them everybody has a story mm-hmm. so that's what we're creating here we're creating a safe space but not only for us but for people to tell their story and to, because it's the reality is very different for everybody everybody needs a safe space in a different way yeah it's not always the same way every time that we talk with jeff it's oh my god you learn so much it's uh, it's
2: amazing just like such clarity
1: and what a sharp contrast from a few weeks
2: ago uh, it's kind of annoying when they tell you that it's difficult and that startups are difficult and that's how they are and that's how you learn what it is. Turns out that is actually true like from very <laughs> like <laughs> in the very tough spots when you feel like you're not gonna make it and these things happen that's when you say oh that's, that's when you have the aha moment you need to be super. It's, it's gone from being uncomfortable. If you're comfortable, you're not thinking like to your full potential.
1: Have you seen the chart of success for startups where it's like you start up and you're like, I'm amazing. And then yes. you're like, oh, I'm the worst. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. That when you zoom out. Da, da, da. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's the biggest roller coaster. I wow.
0: know it, it is. And for a, a lot of people, they tell us, but yeah, don't worry, guys. If you don't make it with this one, you're entrepreneurs. You are meant to do this and you're going to do it again. But what they don't understand is the pressure that we have in our particular situation, because for us to stay in the country to maintain our entrepreneur visa, it depends on the company. So if it doesn't work out, that means that we're back on a plane back to Guatemala.
1: That's a whole nother level of pressure. So
0: it is really that's but but it's funny because people, they don't think about it. They just are like, yeah, don't worry. You're going to I'm sure we can do it again, but we need to. Start from Guatemala and and yeah. see how we come back. So it's very hard.
1: Yeah, that, and that's something that a lot of people aren't thinking of because they come from a more Correct. privileged standpoint. Where Correct. I think it's, we it all fails, do that yeah. to some
2: extent. That we all fail to see other people's struggles because we're very comfortable in our privileged. So if if it happened to us, like thinking about like, okay, we came from a third country and we are very comfortable with our privilege as gay men in Austin. And this is something that we had experienced for many, many years. We grew up like this. So, yeah, if you're just born in a country that doesn't really have to think about it, I, I mean, I don't resent it. I understand how it comes, but I think we all need to be better. And really, I mean, I don't think we need to reject our privileges, but we really need to be aware of them.
1: Yeah, and acknowledge it. Yes. I think that that's something that is a really good crossover, too, with what you're trying to accomplish, which is, you're creating community you're creating bond you're creating crossover between resonating with one another feeling yes. open feeling accepting to learning feeling accepting to listen to other people and their perspectives what does that community look like right now for you what kind of a community are you building among your customers
0: it's well when when we got featured on the oscar's bags i took a risk i'm doing the pr I took a risk there because usually what you do is that you you just talk about the shiny stuff. I mean, we're the Oscars and whatever. And I understood that, but I wanted to take it to another level. So what I did is that I started my press release, the story that I was telling there, it was our story. Yeah, of course, the tagline was queer and immigrant owned company goes from farmer's market to the Oscars bags. That was the catch. But the whole article was about our story, what we stand for, what we believe in, what we're looking for. And it was a huge risk, especially with the situation going on right now. And actually the response of the media was amazing. We got the Today Show, we got Inc. Magazine, we got Austin Monthly, we got uh, Culture Map, we got a lot of coverage. So what that means is that the world is ready for this and the community that we're building is bigger than we thought. And it's people that not only are in need for a safe space, but they want to provide a safe space from their privileged lives. And there's more of that that we thought that there were. There's a lot of people that are willing to provide those safe spaces in the situations that they are. And that's something that we're very grateful to to find that on the people that are willing to help.
2: Yeah, and the most challenging part about it is how, this is like the next step for us, how to be very clear about our message, how to be very deliberate about it in a way that, I mean, not to exclude anyone, Unless they're homophobic, in that case, I think they're gonna exclude themselves. But you'll be surprised by the things that we hear in the customer service comments. But oh, I don't know if I want to know. Oh, there's a lot, but that's, oh. no. But that, but my point is, my point well, is,
0: I, I got a story for you. Last uh, year, <laughs> um,
2: well, let me just finish my, okay. my my point about this. That the one thing that the one thing that is very difficult and is the next step because since the message wasn't super clear, now it's super clear. And now we're talking about it, like we're talking about it with you, and we're talking, we're spraying around. And the next step is to be super deliberate, not only in the copy in the box, because that's the easy part. People say, like, oh, you have a nice box with, I don't know, whatever information about the Trevor project that you want to put in there. And people say, okay, I'm done. I know. That's the hard part. The, 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 that's the easy part. The tough part is to do all of the things that are that go after that and that they'll really match the mission and be very mindful of If this thing that we are doing contradicts the mission, then don't do it. But it's very hard because some things are kind of like muscle memory. Yeah. Yeah, uh,
0: the story that I was gonna tell you, it was last year, we ended up partnering up with Dan Reynolds from Imagine Dragons, the lead singer. Uh, He ordered cookies with his wife uh, out of the blue, and we saw the label, and (laughs) And I reached out and I was like, I sent him an email and I was like, hey, are you D. and Reynolds? And he answered back and he was like, yes, I'm D. and Reynolds. <laughs> and it turns out that he has, a, um, he founded Love Loud and they are an organization that they help the LGBTQ community in Utah because they, the rate of suicide of young people there, it's super high because they're mostly Mormons. So they build these safe houses to help them out, to give them counseling, and they can come in and they can get help. So we were like very excited because it made sense with what we believe in and what we do. And it was very, For we were very excited because we were finally giving back to the community and this is something that we never thought that it was gonna be possible. And we were just, we, we were starting to launch the, the, the collaboration, And it was May 29th last year, and we sent an email out, and that same day, we lost 10% of our subscribers.
1: Interesting.
0: And we were like, okay, (laughs) what, what are we doing here? For the first two weeks of June, we started receiving emails and comments everywhere I hope you guys die. No. If I knew that you were gay, I would never buy these cookies. These cookies are going to give you AIDS. I hope someone comes in the kitchen and kills you. Oh, yeah. And it was very tough. It was traumatic. And oh. this is what we mean when they pop your bubble that you're living in, it's very very challenging. And we we were double get it's double thinking that we like Okay, did we do the right move? Uh, should we keep doing this? And, and we thought we
2: had shot ourselves in the foot. Yeah,
0: but again, no. we were like, okay, we are refusing to go back to the closet.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And even if society are not ready for this, that like we thought we were, we thought that we were in the states, in the United States, and it was a safe space everywhere. So we decided to keep the the campaign and to keep the partnership. And the last two weeks of in June, every email, every comment that we started receiving, it was from mostly parents, very grateful that we were doing what we were doing and that they knew that their son, their daughter, that were gay, and they have not said anything to them, but they wanted to get our cookies and their special pride box to them to show them support and to show them that they was gonna be okay.
2: Yeah.
0: And just... Th- it was in two weeks, everything shifted, and we learned to, to give it closure, and we learned that sometimes people are going to just jump out of the train, and that's fine. We, you don't want them in your yeah. train.
1: They'll, you, have, they'll yeah, find their way to yeah, the door by themselves. Yeah, exactly.
0: Please make room because there's more people in the next stop that are going to hop in, and they are going to count. So it was, very, it, it was tough. We doubted. But we, but we stayed on with our mission and with everything that we were doing, and yeah, and it, was, it paid off.
2: It was baby steps, like to understand. Oh, this needs to keep going because it was. We felt that we had torpedoed this, the whole thing. Like we were at some point that week. I think we were very, very scared. out what have we done?
1: Yeah.
2: And I don't know being good, but we, and we keep getting that type of thing all the time. Not so concentrated, but it happens. Like
0: I before? would say now, is less. Because it happened what it had to happen. Like now people.
1: You had to kind of clear. clear Yeah,
0: exactly. You clean the room. Yeah. yeah. You clean the room and now.
2: Get rid of the junk. Exactly. Yeah, now we're more deliberate about. (laughs) like, If you are not aware that this is a cookie company then you're not paying attention. (laughs) So, well, we just had like a month ago or something, like this lady who was upset because uh, she ordered cookies and she wouldn't have bought them had she known that the box was pink because her husband couldn't even stand to see the pink box. He had to hide it because we had like the color of the packaging and the characters and it was, it is childish. By design. No, it's beautiful. And it's amazing. Yeah, but she was like, I cannot have this. I, my husband was very upset with me. I'm like, okay, maybe that's more of your problem than ours.
1: But <laughs> tell us you're a buzzkill without telling us that you're a buzzkill. <laughs> yeah,
2: <girl>. right. <laughs> yeah, but I like, mean, but the point is that exists. I don't think she was yeah. lying. I mean, it's it's silly, but yeah, that exists. Like there are men who are threatened by a pink box, and that's, I guess. Who we need to
1: find. You know what's interesting about the customer service messages is that I, I don't know about you, I feel like, especially when you're so tied to the company and you're getting the things that are personal attacks to you, oh, yeah. it is so personal. Yeah. Like it feels like someone is saying it to your face.
0: We've learned. Totally. And it's really hard to move from that space. Yeah. It's really hard because at the end they're talking about your baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we learned that you have to. Hire someone (laughs) for customer service. Have you?
1: How? Yeah. Let's talk about that. How do you work through the negative comments back?
0: We actually challenge them with questions. We do not respond in a negative way. We we ask them questions. We ask them like, "Why do you feel like that? Like, what happened to you to got you to this point and say this mean stuff?" So we challenge them to think about it. And usually uh, it has happened to me a couple times that they, they even apologize and they are like, I'm sorry, I was having a bad day. A lot of uh, time. And, and that's something that it's very common. And when, when you challenge people, when you start asking them questions instead of attacking them, it may, it's more helpful because it makes them actually think. And of course, some of them are going to say sorry. Some of them are going to say, yeah, this is what I said and this is what I think. And you just have to answer, okay, okay, thanks for sharing that. I respect that you feel like that. I don't share your opinion, but I respect it. And that's all. Like, th- this is why we're here, to start conversations.
1: And that's on social media,
0: right? Yeah. Mostly in social media. But again, creating a safe space around it. Yes, you're going to be attacked, but that's exactly when the safe space comes in. And that's what how we respond with a safe space back. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, dude, we're not attacking you. Or let's start a conversation. Why do you feel like that?
1: I love that you're <laughs> able to create that community and you're able to stand up to people And put them on blast a little bit, but in a way that's respectful and hopefully going to allow for them an opportunity to self-reflect. Even if if nothing comes of it, if someone else comes across that question, if they're having that feeling and they're not participating in that conversation, it's going to give them something to think about. And it's also arming other people who may not... Know how to respond to that type of backlash. Correct. It's giving them the playbook on here's how you deal with people like this. Here's how you deal with the assholes.
0: Yeah, and and you know it's funny because once you start doing it, because in the beginning it's really hard. In the beginning, you're like, okay, you're writing and then you're deleting, and you're like, okay, I need to breathe. Or you want to be sassy. But when you when you start doing it, like it just starts growing on you and it starts coming natural and you don't even think about being aggressive back you're like, you're, you're like in like a very peaceful mindset and you just immediately respond, just trying to understand people because if they're being very aggressive, there's something there. They're, they're telling you something more than they actually wrote. There's something deeper there.
1: Do you find that different audiences on different platforms respond totally. differently? Which ones?
0: I, I would say I was amazed, actually, how aggressive people are in TikTok. TikTok, I would say, that has the most aggressive and people reaching to you.
1: Give me an example.
0: Uh, <laughs> I have a lot. Like, I remember that we had a uh, an ad that was with a white girl saying, Hey, meet my my gay friends, Hans my, and Luis. My, my gay best friends. My gay best friends, Hans and Luis. I cannot even tell you how many messages or comments that one had because people com- offended that why do I care that they are gay? Why did you have to mention that they're gay? I don't care that they're gay. You guys want like, people got really offended, and I actually had to make a video Responding to why we thought it was important, B- because at the end, we feel the need to say it because we don't want to hide anymore. It is important to us to know for people and for our generation. When when I was growing up, the word gay didn't exist. Like the, the word that was used back then, it was homosexual. And it was related to a pervert. It was related to a negative lifestyle. And I was fighting Like, could you imagine...
2: You internalize
0: that. No, yeah. Like, could you imagine growing up as a kid, knowing that you are weird, but because you're weird, you're a homosexual, because you like guys, and then that's a you're going to become a pervert, basically.
2: You think of yourself that way.
0: So uh, I went to an all-boys Catholic school, and I remember that I used to pray every morning, asking God, please, I just want to like girls. It's not even that much that I'm asking. I just want to be normal. Mm-hmm. and because i was fighting that and for me just the fact that i can say i'm a gay guy here it's that's something that for that for us is very important that's why for us it was very important to to make a statement on that ad that we did because we are proud and we're not afraid anymore to say it
2: i think that's that's an interesting one that even pride is the type of thing that I never vibed with. I didn't understand what the purpose, I think you were the same. Like what's the purpose of No, gay? I like the party. No, <laughs> no but no but, no, but I mean I mean it. No <laughs> but I mean like, pro- yeah. like what is the point of gay pride? And what is the point of gay pride? Like I don't really get it. And it took us until last year to get it. And it's like, yes, because for the first eighteen or twenty years of my life I was in gay shame. So now I get to celebrate gay pride. But it really t- it felt like a ton of bricks on, on my head when we f- finally got it. Like, why do, it's something, you kind of internalize all of these things. And then you're like, oh, but I am one of the, this is a good example, like, you ever watch Will and Grace? Mm-hmm. Like, back in the day, I think you were too young, but, back in the day, Will was the right type of gay because he was straight passing. And Jack was the flamboyant mess. and. When that show was airing, yeah, you wanted to be Will and a respectable gay, a quiet gay, a a straight passing gay. And now, 20 years later, we see, like, oh, my God, like, poor Will. He's so repressed. Like, Jack is a fabulous, fun one. We all want to be Jack. We all want to be ourselves like that. But it took us a while to say, oh, that's it. Because even if you're out there's a lot of things that you need to work through. Mm -hmm. So it's very, like, once you realize that, because that's the problem, that since you internalize it, you don't know you don't really know it. Like, you just leave it, but you don't know it. So that's why it's important to be very, like, to make a statement. I think we got something, like, this week. Yeah. Being about, gay and fabulous, it's a full-time job. Yeah, it's a full-time <laughs> job. No, but, no, but we got, the conclusion. No, but we got this comment, like, I don't understand what your personal life has to do
0: oh, with no, cookies. That, no, how the, was that one? No, the problem is that people usually, when they when they hear the word, the word gay or they see it, like. they immediately sexualize it. Mm -hmm. Like, people, they were saying, like, I don't need to know who you're sleeping with. I'm like, I'm not, if you tell me you're straight, in my head, it doesn't go, like, I don't do the math. (laughs) Oh, so she (laughs) sleeps with a guy, and... uh, I don't think yeah. about sex at all. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Like, I don't sexualize the word straight, but mm-hmm. people,
2: they sexualize the word gay. My impression is that a lot of homophobes really think a lot about gay sex, frankly.
1: I, I would probably agree. <laughs> with
2: More that. than we do. Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm busy.
1: <laughs> I think that that's something, the TikTok comments in particular, and calling you out and saying, why do you need to say, Gay best friend. Why? Do, why does it even matter at this point? I think that there is a population, especially in the more popular cities, yeah. where they think, "Oh, we're, past, we're that. past that. We don't care. Of course, welcome, gay. Love totally. it. Like They're just like in their own little yeah. oblivion." And I, admittedly, I mean, I grew up in the Bay Area, oh. so. I grew up with gay people all over. I I feel yeah. like I at a very young age was like it was a non issue. <laughs> you,
0: you you were the weird one. <laughs> I was the weird one. Are you it straight? Was
1: <laughs> such a non issue. And I'm super grateful that that was my yeah. upbringing. But in sharp contrast on the other side of this table, it wasn't that long ago that you guys were in Guatemala, and it wasn't that long ago that you were 50 miles outside of Austin in more of the no. red Correct. territory of Texas, and it wasn't that long ago that you were getting hate messages yes. on customer service. Oh, forget about it
2: like the longest gay marriages in the US are 10 years old. Yeah. Like 10 years, it's a completely different life, but I think those are the same people who said that the race debate was done when Obama got elected. And mm. as we have seen, that did not happen like that. No. And particularly now with the whole cultural climate like that, that conversation, like the cooperation of a, a queer person and a pedophile, which is extremely dangerous, at least, and is, from my perspective, ill-intentioned. I don't think people actually believe that, but they know how inflammatory and how toxic it is. But that is a conversation that's actually elbowing itself back in, in 2022. Like, 10 years after gay marriage is legal. Like, how many years after Harvey Milk was killed? And here we are. So if anyone is saying that this conversation about queerness is not necessary, they are not paying attention. Like, Mm -hmm. it it goes way beyond, like, I live in a bubble of privilege. It's like, I don't really care. And
0: it's as necessary as if you think about Target they they support and it's nothing wrong with that we totally support that but they support women owned companies and they give value to that they support black owned companies they give value to that but what happens when it comes like june comes it's pride month so they just throw rainbows all over the store but they don't have a gay owned or a queer owned company there representing the community
2: it's, it just it. doesn't
0: happen. So that's exactly why we need to start changing the narrative and we need to start giving value to our community also. And that's something that is not happening. Mainstreaming, like mainstream is not happening, I would it is say.
2: Like, no, it's not it is not happening. Like you see, like um, remember when Beauty and the Beast movie was released, and their press release says something about like he had an exclusively gay moment like what the hell is that
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah
2: first of all like don't get me started about 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 that but
1: mine goes uh, immediately uh, to
0: sex <laughs> yes totally i'm sorry <laughs> no. guilt
2: discharges. <as> so <laughs> yeah that's also true but no but no but what i'm saying is that <laughs> like really what i'm saying is that we're we're like so far away from actually and this is the thing It's not it's not about sex and the thing is that it's not about sex, it's more, it's about what we contribute to the culture, Mm -hmm. like what the queer community and each part of the queer community, because there's a very, I would say that uh, gay men contribute a very different thing that lesbian women do, for instance, but we contribute to the culture, like we do, like there's a reason why a lot of queer people are super creative, and that is because they had, they were forced to be very introspective, very early on to deal with their feelings, very early on, so they are better equipped to express them in art. That's one of the one of the, one of the reasons. And we were the other day thinking, about, okay, let's think of a very famous a list celebrity that is also gay. And like Lil Nas I mean, now, yeah, Lil Nas X. Lil Nas X yeah. came around what three years ago. Yeah, it's new. Demi Lovato, Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris and yeah, but he came um, uh, so. And he came out like halfway through the run of uh, what was the show? How I Met, How your, I mother. met your Mother. And so and it's great, and actually that's a very really good example. But we're still so, we're still like so behind where it's still an issue, and it's very it's the kind of thing that the its absence is what screams very loud. So you don't get the super you know you don't get the gay movie star playing straight roles anymore. You don't get like I wish. Oh, well, we all I guess we all wish that. Chris Ham's work as gay, but yes. <laughs> yes, so but universe. I mean, hey,
1: have you seen Prison Break?
2: Uh, oh yeah. Huh? Prison, Prison Break. Prison, break, Prison yeah. break. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, but he's actually No, but what I'm saying is like, I want the next Superman to be a gay actor playing straight Superman. That will be a revolution. Yeah. And that is not gonna happen for a long time. And and that's fine, that that is not necessarily the fight that we should be having. But it's symptomatic. It would be nice. <laughs> yeah, it would be. It would be great. But it's symptomatic of where the culture is. When Disney feels that they get to pat themselves in the back because they have an exclusively gay moment, again, whatever that means, <laughs> And the Beauty and the Beast movie, which, frankly, it's a very gay movie if you think about it. Like it's like about Dusters and Candelabra singing and dancing, and they have, and they are probably sincerely announcing it like, "Wow, this breakthrough." So that is the state of the affairs. And this was. It, it does feel like a little bit of a pat on the back. Yes. Oh, it exa- yeah. that's, exactly, that's
0: exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah. of course. But the good thing is that things are also changing. Yeah, like and that's the, 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 the positive. Yeah. Because right now, you can see it now. You see a lot of families. And that's changing a lot. Now it's like an actual celebration. And because it was very sexualized also. Pride was very sexualized. And, well, yeah, totally. But now it has evolved to this more family-friendly situation where you're celebrating, actually, that you are this glorious self that you are or whatever. But, yeah, I think that we're seeing changes. And we have a long way to go. But... If we can just start making a change and making the change faster, well, yeah. that's what we're here for. That's why we moved to America.
2: <laughs> no. Yeah, who knew? Yes. Yeah, but, I was saying, but, the, but the whole point I think is like that bring it down to it is very easy to say all the progress that has been made means that we're done, and we are definitely not.
1: We're still working. Yes. Oh, yeah. we're, still, we're still fighting the good fight. Correct. Yeah. And that's why your brand needs to exist and that's why your company needs to exist.
2: Correct. Yes. Yeah. And to raise $5 million. <laughs> and to
1: raise $5 million if you have yes. any uh, any cash laying around and you want to <laughs> invest in these incredible business owners. So um, before we wrap up, I did want to go back to March 2020 because I think that was a pivotal oh, moment yes. in your business and also thinking about... From a digital standpoint, and how you've transformed your company. Tell us about the life of a (laughs) uh, brick and mortar bakery in March of 2020.
0: Well, when that happened, we were fully uh, doing, yeah, we were unprepared. But our goal was, we came in January 2019 and we started doing the farmer's market and our goal was going retail. That was the main thing that we were doing, and we were going in a really good path. We had the chance to have a pop-up store for South by Southwest 2020, like a block away from the convention center. So we had 25,000 cookies ready to get baked. And on a Friday, I remember that we were sitting at the parking lot of uh, where we are getting the boxes to move the, the, all the cookies from the kitchen to the pop-up store. And it turned out that the whole world was shutting down and that South by got canceled. And the mayor
2: mayor giving a press conference.
0: So we immediately thought that we were $14,000 out (laughs) in product, but we needed to do something. And our first reaction was to create a campaign around it using the screw emoji. And we had like we got screwed. <laughs> and we had all these cookies, so please help us out. And people from Austin started responding. At this point, we had a Squarespace website and we were sending probably one order per month.
2: It is not optimized for conversion. Yes. If you're so
0: so we started asking for help in social media. And people started reacting really well. By Sunday morning, we had like almost 100 orders. So we were very happy that it was like the community in Austin. It's amazing. And they were helping out no matter what.
2: We, we put them online because people were like, hey, I would love to buy some and send them to my mom. That type yeah. of thing. People were very nice.
0: Yes. So that Sunday night, we went to bed and turns out that BC Philip, she saw our tweet and she retweeted. And ordered like an insane amount of uh, Well, she said, she, yeah, she ordered cookies and then she retweeted, and in two hours we got 700 orders. Wow. And Same. we woke up with all these orders. And the very funny thing is that back in Guatemala, we don't even have a post office. So mailing stuff is not even in our system. But, like I said, Hans loves doing research, and he started building a website from scratch. I'm a photographer, so I started doing the photos, the copies, and in 24 hours, we became e- an e-commerce business. We didn't have boxes. We boxes. didn't know what we were, we were doing.
2: We didn't even have tape guns. <laughs> yes.
0: So we- We had tw- our little
2: printer. Yes. Because we were, we were from Guatemala, one of those little printers for the labels. Thank God we had that. Yeah. Thank God, because we didn't, I, I don't know what we have done. Like, frankly, I think that thing saved our lives. Yes. Because I don't know what we have done without it. Because we couldn't find one. Like, we couldn't even find the the replacement. Remember that, at that this was the time where we were going to the grocery store, wearing gloves but no masks, and Amazon was taking three weeks to deliver anything. So yeah. that is the situation. It was a nightmare.
0: So we became e-commerce in 24 hours, and that same week, um, the Wall Street Journal called uh, Vanity Fair... Fox News, CBS, it, we went viral. And we ended up selling 35,000 cookies in three weeks. But we knew that there was going to be only a wave. And that's when Hans took over and he started researching again. <laughs> and tell, him, tell them
2: the story. Well, we, we knew like, we nothing about e-commerce. And when I say nothing, like right now, when I like, I know all the terminology and how sophisticated it can get, I am amazed because I knew like nothing at all. It's insane. So we f- hired an agency and it was a small agency. It was something like a managed, digital marketing yeah, agency. Yeah, for Facebook and Google ads. And we started there and it kept picking up and picking up. And we kept scaling and we kept scaling. I think we, we got a little loan for $5,000 from Kilililil Bank, I think, for the ads. And we're like, okay, worst case scenario, we lose $5,000. And it worked and it kept working and we kept developing. And next thing we knew, because we developed our, our own, I think it was very fast. That was yeah. at the end of May that we were t- designing the packaging, the new packaging. We ordered it like at the end of May.
0: Yes, but we... We were looking for the perfect solution to keep this ball rolling. Yeah, because we and we again in Guatemala we don't have this all this digital marketing, so we didn't we didn't even think about it. And Hans started doing research, and he he saw that uh, digital marketing was a very powerful tool. So he had to learn it. He looked for the agency, and we saw like the light at the end of the tunnel. So, okay, so we were like, okay, we're gonna start doing. Um, like, no, we, digital we have, marketing? We're going to
2: survive. That's, yes. that's what we're thinking. We're going to survive. We're going to make this work. And we're going to be fine.
0: We didn't expect the power of social media yeah. to be like that. And, and the power of digital marketing, specifically, yeah. being like that one is well managed. Yeah. yeah.
2: And then we kept adding, like, we built our own packaging, which really added a lot to it, and new flavors. And we kept growing, like, creating new things. And next thing we know, we did over a million dollars that year. And it was like, Oh. And actually, I don't think I have much. Mainly through? All of it, all of it was yeah. e-commerce. Yeah. And I don't think I really have much. I, I blocked a part of that year because it was a lot happening, and it was so stressful because it was really learning a new job. And uh, Luis, like, we were even the Forget about the e-commerce part. Like, scaling that production was insane because we were doing, I think we did $100,000 the year before. And scaling the production tenfold and hiring people and the nightmare that was her- hiring people during the pandemic, and we locked out into a into an old pizza restaurant that closed down and we took it. And so our kitchen is is there is there still. So it was a lot of learning on the fly and like optimizing and figuring. Okay, we we keep saying that we broke a lot of things in the way, because a lot of. Frankly, I keep looking back and like we we're wasting a ton of money on stupid things that we didn't need, particularly on the website side. And they're like, "Oh, okay, that is, was a waste. That is not working. That is uh, that that is nice to have but not essential." And we had to learn very fast and to test very fast what worked and what didn't. And next thing we know, it grew to what it became. But what
0: what would you say that is the power of digital marketing?
2: Pre iOS fourteen or for, or post? No, well, what it was <laughs> that, like pre, like. No, I think that the problem, the thing is that in our case, in our particular case, uh, we didn't really have the vision of shipping out our product to all fifty states. With that, is it was absolutely new to us. Actually, at the first, at first, we're oh, we got an order from Montana, yay, and we we were we are we st- a-
0: actually we're start we started painting a every map. state pink
2: yeah, no. <laughs> yeah at first and like, it turned out like in five days we had the whole map it was that's
1: so amazing yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah because
2: parallel to all of these things about uh, our mission and all of that it's like we're coming from a third world and I, we've been to the u.s and we've traveled and whatever like we have come to simon before and the world really expanded and showed itself to us. We really had no idea that we could build a business like that. It was astounding. Like Now we have a clear idea of market sizes and opportunities and everything. And that's why we're actually raising the money, because now we have a clear vision. But at that time, we had no idea we could bring a company there. Like, it was really not something that was even on our radar. We're like, OK, we can make a nice living, so we'll be fine. But never, like we're going to make a multimillion dollar company in two years. And it's been very exciting still. Like, I think we finally found a place where we're comfortable with the scenarios. So now we get to build actually what we want to build. Because the first year and a half, we were reacting to what was happening. We were reacting to the Phillips thing, and we kept reacting to whatever was happening and managing it as well as we could. Now we're in the phase where we're actually building deliberately. And, and we're planning. And we're planning and being very thoughtful of our resources, of our own bandwidth, like as people. Because... I,
0: we no. never said no before. Like yeah. we were like, yeah, can you do? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't,
2: yeah, I don't have be, memories. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't have any memories. Like I I've talked to this about, about, th- about this. I don't think I have any memories from January to March of 2021. I don't remember it at all. Yeah. Like I was like, it was so much happening at once that I remember. So now we are in a healthier place. We're not working Sundays. Like we're actually taking weekends and like having now.
1: A- are you doing vacations yet?
2: No. <laughs> almost. We're almost there. We're almost there. We're almost, almost there. there. Almost there, but we're taking weekends. And we're like, we, we, we finally learned that, yeah, you can work 40 hours a week or you can work 80 hours a week, but they're going to be just as effective. Mm-hmm. So we learned that. And it took a while and it took a while to actually manage it and say, oh, okay, this is not overwhelming. This is something that really needs preparation and needs time and it's being very mindful instead of just brute force, which is how we approach it at first because we didn't really have a choice.
1: So now that you've seen and been through all of that craziness and success and you're in this growth phase and planning phase, what does the future of Wunderkeeks look like?
2: Hmm. Very gay. (laughs)
1: I need a picture of this. <laughs> <laughs> the
2: pensiveness is Blah, too much. Like, oh, my God. No. <laughs> so the next step for us is that right now we're just, <laughs> one of the things that we need to think about is what better tools can we create to convey our message? So it's not only um, the cookies. The cookies are great. The cookies are always going to be the basis of the product. But do we make merch do we make uh, we're th- thinking about safe spaces what is a safe space so do we make a t-shirt that says I'm an ally do we say do we make plush toys that will complement the message like and not only about merchandise but about thinking what are the better tools at our disposal so do should we create a cooking show should we go to supermarkets should we like what type of thing we need to do so the next step is, Definitely honing in on this message, now that it's clear. And I think we're 99% there, like really clarity of purpose and all of those things. So the next step is to keep building the base business and then to find a way to really go out and mass retail. So we're thinking that, can we say this? What the next step is? I, I guess, guess so. yeah. I guess so. So well, the next step. Put it out there in the universe. Yeah. Huh? Put it out there in the universe. No, yeah. The next step for us is like we think that there's a very easy thread to follow from cookies that you can get online, and there are premium cookies, to cookie dough that you can find in your supermarket. So that's the next step.
1: Amazing. I'm going to be your first customer. (laughs) I am so excited, beyond excited. Thank you. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Where can our listeners find you, follow you, order from you, be obsessed with you, be a part (laughs) of your community, fight back against the haters?
0: Our website is www.wunderkeks.com, that's W-U-N-D-E-R-K-E-K-S.com, and our social media platforms are Facebook and Instagram at Wunderkeks underscore underscore ATX. ATX.
1: All right, guys, go give them a follow, go give them an order and be in love with them because they're the best.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much, Hillary. It was a pleasure being here with you and talking with you again. Thanks, guys.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of The Social Complex Podcast. Your support means the world to me, so if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, be sure to leave a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. We'll be releasing a new episode every Tuesday, bringing you various stories, deep dives, and discussions around the complexities of social media in our modern world. To follow along for more, be sure to follow us at Your social HQ on Instagram or check out Social HQ at www.YourSocialHQ.com. I'm your host, Hillary Applegate, and I'll see you back here next week. Stay sane out there.